0: Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. From the racetracks across Australia, and here's Inside Supercars. Hello and welcome to Inside Supercars. Today, we hear from John Bow after his 100th win in Touring Car Masters and also Stephen Chopping. So I'm glad you can join us. But this week, it was Dick Johnson Racing who launched their season and with a new livery that looked very much the same, even though Dick Johnson was disputing it.
2: But our livery, although you might think it's the same, It's very, very different for the simple reason that uh, this is about the 53rd year that I've been involved with Shell, and uh, for me, you know, it's nothing that I I could be more proud of than being part of them. Well, this year we've got uh, two new drivers. As you know, Scotty's uh, went uh, over to the US to run in uh, IndyCars and that and uh, I know damn well that he'll do an extremely well, a good job. But the two new drivers we have, is uh, one's an old face to us, which is Will. And Will had his very first ever win in the Touring Car Championship event with us in 2008. And uh, to add to, uh, to the duo is is Anton Di Pasquale. Now Anton is a young guy that we've been keeping our eyes on for some time. And in my eyes, I think he's in about the same position as what Scotty was. in. 2017 when he came to us and with all these young guys and uh, even the older ones like poor old Black Will, um, you've got to put the right people around them. and I know for sure that we have all the right people to get the absolute utmost out of these drivers.
0: Anton De Pasquale has plenty of pressure on him going into this year picking up a drive in one of the championship contenders. He spoke about that at the launch. Uh,
1: yeah, that was, that was a good little bit. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, it's awesome to be able to, sort of after three years in, in the category myself, to join such an iconic team with uh, such history and recent success. Um, anyone, any driver down pit lane wants to be in the fastest car. So, I mean, we're lucky enough to be there. We're the lucky chosen ones. Um, so it's awesome to join Shelby Power Racing Team and, uh, yeah, basically take the next step in my career. Looking forward to it.
0: Will Davison is back at Dick Johnson Racing. As you heard from Dick a moment ago, he is a winner there already in a previous life.
3: Amazing that after all these years, uh, to be back here, I uh, don't really have the words. I just I couldn't be happier after a bit of a strange year last year uh, for all of us, but for me particularly to be on the sidelines for a few months, um, yeah, it was a bit of a grind, plenty of time to sort of reflect on the career and uh, certainly wasn't done yet, so uh, to be able to get this opportunity with, uh, with this team um, is just obviously the championship winning team, it's just a huge opportunity, but yeah, more so you know, with Dick and, and Shelby Power, um, just very powerful brands, um, hugely respectful of, of DJ and the team always have been, so call it home, call it whatever you like uh, to bookend, yeah, as I said, a pretty crazy journey since is uh, yeah, really special.
0: It's not long now to the Bathurst 250, but first, testing for the Queensland teams at Queensland Raceway next week, along with Winton for all the Victorian-based teams. Ahead of Stephen Chopping, we concentrate on John Bowe, who this week has said that he has been found positive for prostate cancer, and his posts on social media have encouraged all men over 40 to get their yearly check-up regarding prostate cancer bow is a fighter and um he said he feels fine and has no signs but it's something that he is going to be doing something about so he's asked all men not to be complacent at all only a few weeks ago tony whitlock caught up with john after he won his 100th race in tcm
1: I'm here with the most recent and the only member of the hundred club in TCM, John Bauer. John, just thank you. Tony. Amazing stuff.
3: Well, I, I guess I don't know whether it's amazing, but it's, oh, it is. It's I a mean, nice, yeah. nice number, I guess. I, I, you know. Touring... Well,
1: you talked about Don Brabber and I saw you talking about yeah, Don but Brabber. that was just
3: a story, you know. Like yeah. I've become a bit of a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the Touring club Masters category sort of saved me in many ways. As a you know, I'd given a retirement uh, in supercars and I didn't know what to do and I got a bit lost in the brain and quite depressed. And all, you know, So the people that helped me into Touring Car Masters made a lot of difference to my life. So, you know, I love driving the cars. That's the first thing that I noticed. And then, you know, to have some wins and a few championships and things, it's really quite satisfying. I mean, when you've been... I've been in motorsport this year 50 years, So, so I'm sort of quite happy to be still doing it to be honest and to be able to win we've got to take our hat off i think because there's some national anthem going on
1: it's australia which is though, nice it's... yeah well <coughs> i came first here in 1972
3: yes uh, tony Iceland. stewart i bet you, you... Know, no, Col-, oh. Col himes oh yeah um, yeah yeah um, yeah T- T192. T192, the first monocoque 5,000. And
1: the last of the the Lola front radiator
3: jobs. Yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. Warwick Brown recently told me about how he remembers, and I remember exactly the feeling he talked about, being at Warwick Farm in 1972, when Frank appeared with the T300, and we went, shit, our car's just three seconds slow.
3: Really? Yeah, you know is that feeling when we yeah, can see yeah. a new car? And well, just... I, I thought it when I saw Stevie Johnson's Falcon. To be <laughs> <laughs> this, this is how I do know the build. <laughs> anyway, well, John, that's wonderful.
2: I look forward to. It. Are you all running
1: next weekend in
3: basketball? Yeah, we're just going for some fun. Like there's five of, of us TCM guys. Yep. And we're doing it because uh, we want to support ARG and you know it's my home state so I'm staying over for an extra few days is not hurting anybody we we're going to just do some sort of invitational things i think i don't really know but i haven't been to Baskerville for a long time and i haven't been there since they resurfaced it.
1: you of course would have raced formula v's there first yes 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 um and then formula twos elfin formula yeah twos?
3: formula ford formula two three formula two i raced the five thousand there in 1980 I raced the 5000 here in 1980 as well. Yep, so I won the Golf Star race. Elfin, yeah. ME. Elfin. M- MR8. MR8, yep. Yep. And I won my very first race here It's it's Simmons Plains 49 years ago. So, how's that? Yes. When I, I didn't used to admit stuff like that, but some stats person's been reminding me lately, so I thought, shit, I better fess up to it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but they're admirable things, mate. <laughs> you
3: know,
1: to be still doing it. This, But the, the, the biggest part about it is, John, I mean, I can see the smile on your face. Our listeners can't. Yeah. But the biggest thing about it is that you still enjoy it, you still contribute to it, yeah. and an enormous number of people get great satisfaction from you,
3: do you? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, I have a, a lovely, you know, with so, the advent of social media, I have a lovely, following of nice people you know they, they, I never get any bad stuff don't get any flack you know they're just interested so how good's that I mean who wouldn't like that sort of thing indeed yeah so well, we
1: look forward to Baskerville and having a chat
3: yes that'll be great I, I can't wait to get there I've got to change my diff ratio and my gearbox and all sorts of things I actually just got home and the gearbox is failing Yeah, which shits me off. (laughs) Gary Gary, will be ready for your briefing. Yes, I'm sure he will. Thank you. Thank you, mate. Thank you.
0: And just a reminder, if you are over 40, which, knowing the data on this show, a lot of you are, it is a good time to speak to your doctor and get the uh, check for prostate cancer.
1: I'm here at Simmons Plains Racetrack for the first race meeting of the 2021 season, and I'm fortunate to be joined by Steve Chopping who's known around the V8 paddock for many many years and about Tasmanian motorsport in particular even longer and the Tasmanian legal scene even longer again. So welcome. No, I to... think my I think my motorsport predated my legal thing
4: because my first race meeting was at Baskerville at the first race meeting male man raced and was an official and His uh, first name? Brian Right. And then uh, my first race meeting in my own capacity as an official was when I was twelve at Baskerville as a time <laughs> as a timekeeper. So um, that's now over sixty years ago. Right. April will become sixty-one years. Wow. Yes. Yes, yeah. indeed. So um, so you know I, I wasn't a lawyer for quite that long.
1: <laughs> but you're well known in the legal circles. And you were a barrister, solicitor operating mostly out of Hobart
4: yeah principally in Hobart but um, did um, Tasmania is fairly small so I regularly appeared in Launceston Northwest coast okay and um, we also had a number of country courts and and um, you know, for instance, my favourite court in um, in Tasmania was the Swansea Magistrates Court because it's um, in an old uh, white stone building on the um, you know up the stone's throw from the beach and it really was an absolutely picturesque setting and I'd never lost a case in the Swansea Court. Oh, so I right. have fond memories of the East Coast.
1: And these were your both civil, criminal cases? I did mostly
4: criminal stuff, but I also did civil... civil um, uh, but principally, it was a, uh, a criminal practice that I did.
1: All right. Well, this show is called Inside Noticeable for a reason, so we better better get, right get back there before we yeah, start. I'm happy to talk about anything, any time. Okay. Now, your new role in... Um, motorsport in Tasmania, having been on national and international uh, tours, but you have a new role here. Well, actually, it's
4: a national role as the um, head coach for the stewards. Um, Motorsport Australia, three years ago, started a system of head coaches for race directors, technical delegates, and uh, stewards. Uh, so my responsibilities in the area of the championship stewards, identification of new talent, um, progressing a development program that we have to bring um, talented stewards on and replace the, um, the old guard as they wear out and ensure that we've got a good store of um, good competent um, stewards to uh, continue the work that we've uh, done for a long time.
1: Now in the case of stewards um, in Australia, my experience is it's a combination of both legal and also ex-racing drivers, in, in, in your particular case you were both. Yes. Um, but the majority of them aren't legal.
4: It, it, it's, that's the sort of person that it appeals to, yes. Um, yeah. Uh, it would be nice if there were more ex-drivers as stewards. Um, there's a tendency to use um, driving standards officers or officials. Um, overseas we have them as advisors rather than stewards. In Formula One, the, uh, the uh, driver steward is an actual steward. He's a member of the uh, panel of stewards with full voting rights in all matters. Um, other categories have a... Um, a driving standards advisor who advises the stewards. Um, Australia, we tend to have a DSO who um, advises the stewards um, but isn't part
1: of the stewards panel. Yeah, okay. Um, Now, in this role, you're not helping select them, you're helping to guide them and and train them. And
4: to identify who might be potential, because um, one, it's not an easy job, two, Um, It appeals to a particular sort of person, you need some experience to do it. And the third difficulty that we find is that um, many talented people are so tied up with their employment that um, they're not able to devote the time to three-day race meetings or the travelling that's involved. So that's a restricting factor. Uh, But um, all we have to do is uh, balance what's available and uh, we've got some really talented people coming on. For instance, in the development program, there are, I think, now eight stewards um, of the current championship stewards. Three of those have come through the development program and three others have been um, identified over the time as uh, being appropriate for, um, uh, to officiate at a high level.
1: It sounds like Motorsport Australia and their new guys from being cams to a new name, it sounds like there's a, a far more proactive uh, looking way of looking at this thing.
4: We do it pretty well in Australia, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I the, mean, FIA, no the, F, the FIA, the yeah. FIA has uh, embarked on a program of uh, um, training for um, international championship stewards. Um, we had that sort of training beforehand. We identified people, and uh, we were able to uh, move talented stewards along. Um, rather than simply um, have the same old people doing the same old things for um, year in, year out. Um, We need to open up opportunities
1: and make the best of um, the opportunities that exist. Okay, now I know you're involved in Formula One and how many years were you there at Albert Park? Uh,
4: At Albert Park since 2005, internationally in Formula One since 2012, uh, I also did Formula 2, Formula 3, GP3, um, as well as in later years um, uh, as chairman of WTCR World and World Touring Car Championship. Yep. So I think I've been pretty lucky.
1: Yeah. Oh. I've
4: I, I had a great time, thank you very much
1: Excuse me, I will not go along with this As, as Craig and, and the listeners are regularly on Insight News, I do not believe in this, no you had good luck no it was good management that got you there well, I Kevin might have Darry. always lucky
4: to be in the right place at the right time perhaps but um...
1: That's also a choosing thing as well alright?
4: Well, you know, um, I really have gained a great deal of enjoyment from motorsport well, over all those years, it... and uh, and I'm still having fun. Indeed,
1: indeed. Uh, tell me, uh, in the time you've been involved in 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 goods, in... Tony's call,
4: not mine, thank you.
1: Yes, indeed, Mike. <laughs> um, in the time you're involved in um, world well, touring cars. Um, You were
4: last when there? What was your last event there? My last WTCR event was uh, at uh, Malaysia in December 2019. Okay. Um, I was to be a steward, the chairman of stewards on a number, about half of the rounds last year. That all changed with COVID. Um, It all changed because they changed the calendar to the second half of the year and then of course travel restrictions from Australia meant that um, uh, one, if I left Tasmania I had trouble getting back, if I left Australia I had trouble getting back and um, I sat out races and uh, watched with interest what happened overseas.
1: Given that you've been an international traveller as much as you have over a 20 year span, Can you see as to what it is in the Australian character as to why this country and New Zealand, both the mainland and this island we're on, have done so well in COVID? I mean, it it is almost class leading. Uh, I I talk to people and I exchange information with
4: people from Europe, and um, um, Australians are independent people, but we're also responsible. Um, we've got the advantage of space and we don't live on top of each other, but um, I think also that um, we we're able to recognise risks and act responsibly. After all, three-quarters of our animals will kill you, so we have to be responsible whenever we uh, step outside our front gate. Maybe, um, you know, viruses are just like crocodiles and snakes and spiders. <laughs> they um, they just present another danger that we need to meet and, um, and cope with. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's wonderful
1: that the tyranny of distance, that phrase, it was uh, so well said, but uh, um, has worked in our favour this time. You know, we can't have drop-ins. If you and want to go to Australia, you've got to make sure you commit and, to 20 and, hours. And
4: the isolation of Tasmania helped yeah, yeah. us yeah. do fairly well. Um, so we've, um, I, I think Australians have worked very hard to do it. We've had a lot of restrictions. Um, we've um, um, been lucky in that um, it perhaps came along at a good time, but um, it certainly has had a huge impact on uh, motorsport worldwide. And yeah. um, you know, to see the people who have succumbed to it uh, is just amazing.
1: But as you well know, it's not so much as to um, how you're affected by um, a problem or a situation, but how you react to it and how you act from it that uh, is a measure of a person. Yeah, I, uh, I haven't been out of Tasmania
4: since February last year. Um, I think, thinking back, that's the longest that I've ever been in Tasmania continuously since about 1969 um, with race meetings and other commitments and this, that and the other. So um, so at the airport, do they say, oh, good to see you, Steve? They did, they did. Um, no, and um, uh, I, I was at the airport. I think um, the car knew its way to the airport um, more easily than to anywhere else in Tasmania, but um, uh, it's um, it's been nice being secure in Tasmania
1: yeah. and watch things develop from afar. Well, I have a strong suspicion this will be my overseas trip of the year, but I'm very glad I was able to get here and spend the time, and particularly to be able to go to both Simmons and Baskerville in the one week. Oh.
4: Gary has to be, Gary Rogers and Barry, he must be congratulated for the forethought in putting the two meetings together. Yeah. Um, and the feeling around the paddock is just brilliant. With There's a range of cars with the TCRs, the S5000s, um, the Trans Ams and the Turing Car Masters as well as the local cars. The, the feeling in the paddock is just uplifting and yeah. there's just absolute enjoyment. And you'll be at basketball next weekend. I'll be—I'll be actually be a steward at basketball next weekend. So um, I'll be in a more official capacity, but um, still, I'm there to help it happen, um, help it happen safely, <clears throat> and enable everybody to um, get the sort of enjoyment that they deserve out of their sport.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Steve Chopping, a Tasmanian legend of both legal business. And motor racing. Oh, Flatterer gets get you everywhere. Thank it you, Tony. Indeed it does, and Thank it
2: works
1: you. well for me.
0: <laughs> My thanks to Tony Whitlock catching up there with John Bow and also catching up with Steve Chopping. Always great to have Steve on the show. Uh, next time round, we'll hear from Barry Oliver, Marcus Ambrose and Owen Kelly. It's a real Tasmanian flavour on Inside Supercars. I hope you'll join us then. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next time for more